What's going on, guys? This is the second ever episode of the College Football Degenerate Podcast, and obviously I'm here again with your boy, Michael Ahern. Michael, how you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, it's a Monday, SEC Media Day going on as we speak. Uh, big news since our last episode, biggest one being the Tennessee, uh, the punishments for the recruiting violations. They had over 200 no postseason ban, though. Tell yeah. how you feel about it. No, it was it was crazy. You know, they vacated all their wins from 2019 and 2020, which were just about the same amount as they got last year. So, you know, those years in that program, honestly, if I was a Tennessee fan, I want to forget, and they're not going to be there anymore. So, you know, it is kind of wild, though, because, you know, the recruiting violations, yeah. you know, you couldn't really tell, especially that year, because... They were awful, yeah. but looking forward to the episode. Um, what's what's the segment you're looking forward to the most? Uh, we got a lot of great topics for today, but I think my favorite has to be the college football playoffs one. The Heisman one is really good, and the non-con games are real good, but I think we got kind of a consensus number one, number two. College football playoffs, I think I have a number one. But Toby, you were saying you got some hot takes. Is well, not only not only do I have some hot takes, but um, as much as I want to spoil who I don't have on my list, um, I'll wait till the segment. But um, So the overview for today's episode, for all of you wondering, we have, first off, we're going to talk about our top four Heisman finalists, playoff predictions, our teams each of us think will make the playoffs this year, and then we're going to round it off with our top three non-conference games to look forward to this season. And, Michael, I think I think we both might have some similar lists, but I just think the schedule this year is going to go insane. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Let's get into it. The college football playoff. Michael, what is the first thing you think of when I say that? And I swear to God, if you say the Georgia Bulldogs, we're going to have a problem. Uh, I think that the first thing I think of is the fact that this is the last year of four teams. After this, it's expanding. So, it's interesting uh, to think about because everyone's excited about this new expanded playoff. Well, some people like it, some people don't, but everyone's going to be watching. But this is the last year of four, you know? So, we're in the middle of the change right now. But, yeah, that's what I think of. What about you, Toby? You know, when I think of the college football playoff, I think – of Joe Burrow in LSU. I think of Justin Fields in Ohio State. I think of everything we love about college football. But before we get to our segment, which is each of my, me and Michael's predictions for who we think is going to make the playoffs, I want to actually talk about what you just said about the playoff expansion. And, you know, I think college football isn't highly regarded as the overall best sport, and mainly it's because of their postseason. Now, I already think college football is the best sport. I would disagree, okay? Okay, let me just, let me just say, though. I, I think, I already think it's the best sport, okay? Because yeah. it by far has the best regular season with the most meaningful games. But for anyone that says it's not the best sport, after the playoff expansion, not only will it have the best regular season, it might have the best structured postseason besides March Madness. All of that to say, there's great things to come this year. Great things to come next year. Michael, who do you have as your number four team making the college football playoff? I'm not going to start with four. I'm not going to start with four. I'm going to start with one because we want to drag this out. Because that was the thing last like last segment. Like, 
in the last episode, we all knew who was number one in both our lists. We've got, we've got to make you want to listen, okay? Stay on. Our num- My number one, it's obvious, okay? I'll get to four in a second. But my number one team is obviously the University of Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs. They've won the last two. Kirby Smart is recruiting at the highest level, and he has been for the last few years. You look at it. Had they lost some key pieces on both ends of the floor of the field? Yes, obviously. Uh, Stetson Bennett is a major loss. Some people don't like him, but the same people who don't like him are now are now the same people that are like, oh, what's Georgia gonna do at quarterback? I think Carson Beck will come in and he'll be good. He looked good in the spring game. Their offensive line is gonna still be good. Um, their defense. If you have any questions on if their defense is gonna be good. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Georgia has always been a team that puts a lot of people out on the field. They switch a lot. Losing Jalen Carter sucks. They have a lot of pieces on that defensive line. Losing Nolan Smith sucked, but he was hurt for half the season. Um, You know, losing Christopher Smith hurt out at safety. But Malachi Starks will step up. Malachi Starks was one of the best recruits in this class. I think George is going to be real good. And if you have any questions about it, even as a Georgia fan, I can admit, the schedule is pretty easy. <clears throat> you know, losing Oklahoma on that schedule due to some stuff sort of out of their hand, but maybe they could have uh, You all know the controversy. If not, it basically they were supposed to play. But since Oklahoma is joining the SEC next season, uh, the SEC basically said, oh, I don't play it, stuff like that. Real tough, but they and they replace it with Ball State, which is obviously not a equal team. But uh, I mean, well, Oklahoma wasn't that good last. <laughs> I know Georgia, like their schedule is very easy. I'm not gonna deny that. Um, you know, South Carolina is an interesting team, but it's being played in Athens. Auburn is a you know, in my opinion, they're an interesting team, but I, their quarterback room was horrible. Um, I don't think you would disagree with how bad that Oh, God, I would not disagree at all. And actually, when you point that out, um, because they didn't make my list at all, and we're talking about them, I just want to say, yes, Georgia did not make my list at all. Which is insane. Let me just say. It is insane. It has nothing to do with how they were last year. Obviously, they were great. It does have stuff to do with quarterback play. And here's what worries me. I don't doubt that Georgia's going to have a great season, but... They probably have the weakest schedule from a national championship win I've ever seen. All that to say, they can't lose a game. They can lose. They a cannot game. They can, lose a game. They can lose a game. They cannot. Easily. If they don't, if they don't make the SEC championship, they cannot lose a game. Well, okay, yeah. Well, they're gonna make the SEC championship game. So that's, I mean, unless you think Tennessee is going undefeated. Joe Milton for Heisman. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, we'll talk about. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand how he doesn't have Georgia in there. Um, you can't talk about how easy their schedule is and all this stuff and then not have them in there. If you don't think they're going to win the championship because you don't think they're well, battle-tested enough, okay, fine. That's fair, I guess. I mean, not really because most of these players played in the last two national championships. But So it's not like this is new for them. It's not territory that they've never been in they know what it's like to play at the highest level in the national championship and the college football playoff but 
you know, the schedule. You can't say it's easy and then say they're not getting it. I just want. I'm, it is easy. What are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, where do you, I don't think they're gonna lose. I don't see a team that they lose to. I think their only difficult games are South Carolina, Tennessee, and do they play Alabama this year? No, they play okay. Old Miss as their second. Non-con. Yeah. There's no way they lose. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. So you're basically proving me right. You can't. Say okay, but they're they not gonna win the SEC championship though, and they're not gonna. Ma- Okay. okay, they're I not going to win the SEC championship, and because of that, they're not going to get into the playoffs okay. because you, of how weak what? their schedule is. Who, I, who would get in over? I mean, we'll talk about it early and later, but I'm sorry, but like even if Georgia's sitting at 11-1, and one, they're getting in. Right? You know, the SC, sometimes the SEC bias is real. I don't think it's really bias other than the fact that it's the best conference. I mean think about it you know the SEC has been winning it for a lot I mean so the thing is I just can't see even if you have all these doubts about Georgia and them not winning I don't think you cannot have them in the college football playoffs it's just that simple Uh, I mean for one you'd have to think LSU would be a generational team I mean and you'd have to have both Big Ten teams make it in. And then a team like a Clemson, a Florida State, a Texas, and a U.S. or a USC, one of them, all, you know, at least one of them is sitting undefeated, in my opinion, with a conference championship. Um, and frankly, while that's possible, I don't see how they would choose a Georgia team that made the conference championship over an Ohio State or a Michigan who missed the conference championship. I I mean, playing in the conference championship game matters. Now, you could point out how the Big Ten is stupid for how it's set up, and I would not disagree. But the fact is, that's the way it is, you know? And I just don't think that there is a possibility that the you know conference chooses a one-loss Georgia team who made the championship game over a one-loss say Ohio State team who missed the championship game. I don't think they'd do that. They probably uh, wouldn't, but no. it would just depend on how the it would just depend on how it came down to how the teams were playing. You have a couple undefeated teams with a little bit better schedules. It just depends. It would just see how it played. Yeah. But that being said, or look at Michigan's schedule too, which we'll talk about later in a second. Their schedule's pretty easy too. Okay, I mean it, it's it's easy, it's easy. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Well, if we're gonna start at number one, you said this when you were describing this team. You said they would have to have a generational type year. They had one a couple years ago. I think they're gonna have one again. Obviously, most people pick an SEC powerhouse for their number one slot. I'm going to stay the same. And let me just say, my number one playoff team this year is coming out of Death Valley. I think LSU is going to run the table. I think they're going to win the SEC championship. I think they're going to go undefeated in the regular season. And... I don't know. I don't know if I feel like they'll win the playoff, but I see them being ranked number one because 
if you look at what they did last year, their defense was spectacular. Jaden Daniels is still developing. I mean, that last year was his first full year starting. He'll have a second this year, more development. He's arguably the best dual threat quarterback in all of college football. Definitely has the best running aspect. No, not he's not the best. He's no, not, he's the I, best. He's not. Uh, he's okay. really good at. He's not the best in his conference, though. I wouldn't even. I think KJ Jefferson is a better pure running the ball, and that's simply due to the fact that you look at KJ KJ Jefferson and he's built. He's massive. He built like a tank. Okay, he's but. Built, but I don't know. But no, Jaden Daniels. Obviously, I think Jaden Daniel uh, is a really good quarterback. I had him real high in last year's in last week's rankings. Excuse me. And I had LSU as the number three team. Which again, where did you have? You didn't have them as high as I did. So I was pretty high on LSU. I just, you know, I don't think they're beating Georgia. I just don't. Think well, we were just looking at you know who we think the best teams are going to be going into the season. Yeah. But talking about playoff, I do think they're going to run the table. I think they can win the SEC championship. I think I think this team has great potential, but I actually want to move on to my number two ranked team. And we're going to go to the Big Ten. Okay. And everyone probably thinks they know what's coming next. They probably are going to assume the Michigan Wolverines. And I'm here to tell you that is not the case. I think I, I, think I know what you're going to say. I think I know. The Penn State Nittany Lions. All right are going to have their best year in recent history. They play both Michigan and Ohio State. I see them at least winning one of those games, borderline winning both. They have the most complete roster they've had in the last couple of years. I'm going to love the quarterback play from Drew Aller. I love the running back Nick Singleton is. Their defense is always great. I think that... I just I just don't think you can trust JJ McCarthy in big games. And that that game is probably going to be the hardest game on Michigan's schedule. And I'm I'm going to actually I can't say I favor the coaches you match up in Penn State's favor no. because Jim Harbaugh's Jim Harbaugh's a legend. I love okay. James Franklin, but I'm not doing. I can't do that. But well actually, I don't know. Do you know who's home this year? Uh it is looking at it, it is played Penn State is it's at Penn State for the Michigan game. Ooh. At Ohio State. I would much game. rather be home for the Michigan game than the Ohio State game. Because it's much harder to play in Michigan than Ohio State, in my opinion. I mean, not much of a difference. But, but yeah, I, I would give a slight edge to the Michigan home crowd. But, I mean, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I, I, I really like this Penn State team. And if they make the college football playoffs, if they win the Big Ten, it would not surprise me. And while I think this Penn State team has a lot of good defensive players, as I talked about last week with Abdul Carter, who I think is arguably, you could say, the best defensive player in all of the Big Ten out at linebacker, I think Kalen King is a really talented corner as well. Uh, And they have some other really nice players on their team. But on that, especially on that defense, but I look at it. And the thing that holds me back from saying Penn State is a team is I look at how Michigan ran up and down the field on, you know, Penn State last year. Uh, You know, it was close in that first half. It was. But 
That was after Penn State had some pretty big luck plays. I want to. I mean, if you watch the game, you remember. Uh, and Michigan, I yeah, I, I believe yeah, I took at that um, going into the second half. I took their money line, which was at, like a lot lower than you know, a lot better odds than it should have been. It cashed because I just don't know how Penn State stops Michigan on the run, and I think that's a big thing. Would you not? Would you agree or disagree? See. I would agree, but I think Penn State's defense is going to be a little bit better this year. And I also think Penn State is actually going to have a pretty elite rushing attack against Michigan this year with a much better running back. And I think that's just going to switch up time of possession a lot too, which is going to change up how Michigan has play calling. But Michigan needs to develop their passing game because they really didn't have to use it for almost the entire year last year, which is another reason they struggled. I mean, J.J. McCarthy did have a great statistic game in the playoff. But you can obviously see hard decision-wise. He didn't have to make too many in the regular season. He threw the bad picks in the playoff. But as far as the line of scrimmage goes, obviously Michigan's probably going to control it. But I just think Penn State's going to find more ways to win. I think they're going to win the turnover battle. I like their defense more than I like Michigan's defense, which is saying a lot. And I really just think Nick Singleton coming in as a new running back for Penn State and, and, again, you knew Sean Clifford's limit. You knew what he was going to be versus Michigan. You knew he wasn't going to get it done. I think you rather can. I think it's fresh blood, you know. That's fair. That's fair. But, you know, moving on from Penn State, who do you have at your two slot? I have, well, we're going into really easily. I have Michigan. I think Michigan is the second-best team in college football. I think there is, like, I mean, as I was kind of talking about last week, I think after Georgia and after Michigan, there's a real conversation. But I think Michigan has an extremely talented team. Now, I think they're slightly overrated. I wouldn't. I don't understand how you could put Michigan above Georgia. I don't. Largely due to their wide receiver room, and that's going to be the X factor. And I, you know, their wide receiver room wasn't good last year. Um. And, you know, they lost some key guys um, last, you know. They lost Ronnie Bells, one yeah. of them. Yeah, that was the guy I was talking about last year. And they lost some other people, or last week. I keep on saying last year. Uh, they, they lost some to the draft, and they also lost a few guys to the transfer portal. And they didn't, you know, go out and get some other people from the portal. Uh, now, they did have a good portal class. But the thing is, I think that is a very big X factor. I think... If they don't get it figured out, it's going to be tough against a Penn State or an Ohio State. Now, granted, their running back room is the best in the nation with Blake Corum. And wait, wait, before you say their second running back, because of how much I struggled last week, I would like to clarify. His name is Donovan Edwards, correct? it's Donovan Edwards. That's a W. That's a W right there. But, so, I have questions about their wide receiver room, but I think everything else, Michigan is a little is just you know really solid there I think uh, maybe their offensive line I, I think is a little bit over it I do have questions about JJ McCarthy I think he's really talented I think this is a big year for him if he disappoints I'm gonna be pretty upset but it wouldn't 
surprise me if he did, but it, it definitely wouldn't surprise me if he goes out and has a really good season, which I expect them to do. I think Michigan, as I was saying earlier, they have a really easy schedule outside of Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, and an underrated game, I will say, is at Maryland in between Penn State and Ohio State. Do they game. still have Talia Tagovailoa? Yeah, they do. They have two. That's that's been again. Michigan's pulled away in the second half, but that's been a good game the last couple of years. Yeah, and I think that could be a very interesting game. I think if there's a if there's a loss on that schedule, I honestly think that has just as good of a chance for them to lose as Ohio State and Penn State, considering it's coming off of a big game at Penn State. And then right after it is the Ohio State game. Hopefully they don't look past them, but I think it's possible. But outside of those three games at the end of their schedule, um, Michigan has a really easy schedule. Now, the Big Ten, um, in their rules, requires that you schedule one Power 5 non-con game. If you look at all the other teams in the Big Ten, they all have a Power 5 non-con game. Even Georgia, who as easy as their schedule is, they have a Power 5 non-con game in Georgia Tech. Now, you can say whatever you want about Georgia Tech. I would 100% agree. And they can't control the fact that Georgia Tech's not good. What are you going to do? Tell them, oh, you can't play Georgia Tech anymore? That's a pretty big rivalry. That matters to a good deal of people in the state of Georgia. But So, not making excuses for Georgia's schedule. It's embarrassingly easy. And if I'm a uh, season ticket holder, I'm kind of upset that there aren't as many really good games. But you look at their schedule, at Michigan's schedule, this is their non-con. It's these are all at home, mind you. They're playing ECU, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Those are not good teams. ECU, well, ECU is the only one that's interesting. Um, you know, they were pretty good last year, but they lost their starting quarterback uh, to the draft. Um, and while I think ECU will have a good year, I mean, they're not going to beat Michigan. If they do, there was a lot that went wrong for Michigan. But... So I look at their schedule, and I look at the talent, and I find it hard to see a way that Michigan doesn't make it in. I think their team is too talented to not make it. Um, now, I don't know what you'll have for your 3 or 4. We'll talk about that in a second, but I think Michigan's in. Um, so, yeah. So what do you have at 3? You know, a theme with my 3 and 4 picks is going to be offense. You know, okay. We've we both had two pretty well rounded teams to round off our top two. Two different, you know, I, I kinda like the, the diversity there, but both of those teams, again, like I said, we like because of how well balanced they are. Just like NCAA football fourteen, which <laughs> is the most balanced game ever to be made. But my number three playoff team might have the hardest path to a college football playoff because of their schedule. They have possibly the hardest non-conference game on their schedule. However, I think they're going to have the best offense in the nation. And to, to finish off, I will say, the Texas hype is real. I believe Texas is the best team in the Big 12 this year. That's fair. I believe 
TCU is going to have perhaps the biggest fall off from a national championship team that we've seen. I don't even know if they're going to beat Colorado week one. They are beating okay. Colorado. They're uh, be- Deion Sanders, they're 20- one foot in all. They're, they're a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. What are you talking about? The, take, beating- take the spread if you're a Colorado fan. Take the spread. Okay? I don't take know. The, no, if you're a Colorado fan, take the money line. What? If you think they're beating, no, if you think Colorado is beating TCU, then take the Colorado money line. You know what? Honestly, I might put some money on it. Okay, I might put well, some money on it. You're going to lose but, a lot of money. You know, that's neither here nor there. Okay? Now, I but do I think. Agree, I agree that TCU will have a drop off, but that makes sense. Look at all the talent they lost. They lost Duggan Duggan. They well, lost Quentin Johnson. I mean, not only that, but when you look for a team to improve. You're like, okay, how many one-score games did they lose the past year? Well, TCU won all of those games. Barely. I mean, just look at the Baylor game. They yeah, did not beat teams they should have beat in the fashion they should have beat them. Okay, well, no one thinks TCU's going to make it this year. No one thought no, TCU's no, going to no, make it No, 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 but I'm saying TCU might have a 3-4 to four loss season. Oh, that, okay, well, that yeah, 3-4 to four losses is a good season for TCU. Okay, TCU is not some, like, perennial... Uh, I loss. never said they were. I never three said they were. Three to four losses. Uh, if TCU has a three-loss season, that was a good year for them. Can all of that they lost, and all things considered, I well, mean, thankfully, we're not here to talk about Sonny Dykes and TCU. No. We're here to talk about the man, the myth, Steve Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, and Ad Mitchell. Yeah. Possibly the best offensive trio. In all of college football this year. And like I said, the Big 12 is going to be tough. I don't think it's going to be as good as it was last year. Alright? I think Texas is going to win the Big 12. I do think... I think they can actually make the playoff while either going obviously undefeated and winning the Big 12. Or winning the Big 12 and losing to Alabama. Because that might be the best loss on that you can honestly probably get. Especially if it's close. Mm. Now if it's a blowout... It's gonna be harder. Losing to George, losing to George. Shut is a good your loss. mouth about Kirby Smart. No, I'm just saying. When and the Georgia if, Bulldogs. If LSU loses to Georgia in the conference championship game, and it's relatively close, that's a good loss. No, yeah. it's a good loss. Okay, maybe Alabama is second to Georgia in the best loss. Okay, maybe, you know, I'll give them that. But I think Texas is gonna improve on defense this year too. I. I and if you look in that Alabama game last year, now again, Alabama's wide receiving core was probably the worst I've ever seen since I've been alive. However, Texas, they didn't play that well against the run, which is what lost in the game. And Quinn was obviously getting hurt. But they played good defense a lot of the year. Okay, they, they gave up some points, but that's also kind of where the offense put them in some points. You know, there were some fourth down calls that I don't necessarily like from Steve Sarkeesian. However... With the talent they had last year and this year, I kind of, I kind of, you know, I'm like, go for it, you know, balls to the wall. Steve Sarkeesian has got to make something happen this year. He's either got to make a Big Twelve championship, or he's got to make the playoff. Or I honestly think he's gone just because of how good Texas is. I don't, I, I don't think they'll fire him after three years, but I think they'll make the Big Twelve championship. Now here's, I. I'm not going to give it a full... This isn't my belief. I don't think Texas is making it, and I think they're they're going to be at two losses. But I think they'll make the Big 12 championship, and I think they'll probably win that. And it'll be an overall a good year. But here's something to think. I, I was lo- I'm looking at their schedule right now. And, it, I mean, it's not 
Oh, it's hard. It's a tough sketch. It's not easy, but it's it's not the hardest. It's not like Arkansas. Look at Arkansas' schedule. That is one of the toughest. That's my pick for the toughest schedule in all of college football. But Texas is going to have a tough, you know. Uh, they have a tough schedule. They open at Rice. Or, or no, excuse me, Rice going to uh, Texas. Which you can't me. overlook because JT Daniels <laughs> is the greatest quarterback to ever touch a football. <laughs> JT Daniels, Christ. But, no. <laughs> okay, no, Texas will beat Rice. I think hmm, I think that Alabama game is going to be tough. I, I would lean more to Alabama winning it, but... I think it's going to be an extremely t- tough game. Yeah, I would not be surprised if Texas wins that game. Do you have the schedule in front of you? Yeah, I'm looking I at actually it. want you to look right now. I mean, actually, I don't even know why I'm asking this because obviously they'll play each other. But what week do they play Texas Tech this year? It's the last week of the That game. is a dark horse sleeper game. Honestly, that, it might be one of the best games of the Bay 12 I, of the whole year. because It is. I, I mean, do you want to give your feelings on Texas Tech? I know you think they're going to be a dark horse candidate to have a good year this year. As I talked about last you know, episode, I do have a Texas Tech uh, over 7.5 wins. I, that is such a ridiculously low number. If Tyler Shaw, uh, their quarterback, is able to stay healthy, I think they win 8-9 games my opinion. Uh, and they're still giving plus money for it. So if you're listening to this right now, if you I mean, I think you should take it. It's up to you though. I have taken it. If you want to you know, uh, tell what I'm doing with that, okay, go ahead. But while I'm going through this schedule, I'm looking at it. There's one game outside of obviously the Alabama and the Texas Tech and the Rice game <laughs> that I have that I think could be very interesting. Also the Kansas State game. That's going to be real interesting. There I say, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but that Kansas-Texas game is going to be interesting. Bro. Okay. I that don't game, is that, isn't that week five? Uh, I believe so, yeah. It's the that game is going to be insane. Texas goes, uh, they play the first conference game at Baylor. Then they have Kansas. Then they have a bye. Then they have the Red River sh- the robbery. You know, against Oklahoma. I think that game against Baylor is going to be kind of interesting, in my opinion. I think that's a game where Texas is looking to get to the bye week and so they can prepare against Oklahoma. And I would not be surprised if Kansas goes into Austin and pulls off the upset. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But I think it's possible. I think it's very possible. Jalen Daniels, as I talked about, he's a really good quarterback. The Kansas team, you know, don't sleep on them, you know, because they were 6-0. and Then they, you know, hit this. They started losing some games. But he also got hurt, which is what. Yeah, yeah, obviously that's the reason why. Don't sleep on Kansas. All right, that's enough on that. But, so my number three team, there's a lot of ways that I could go with this. I am going to go with the LSU Tigers. Uh, Again, I view them as a really talented team, and so far, I'm going chalk with my top three. Um, I think LSU is an extremely talented team. Now, they have a tough schedule. They start the year off against Florida State on neutral site. I think that game's going to be really good, as we'll talk about later. Um, but Florida State versus LSU is going to obviously be real good. But I think LSU gets the win. I think 
their offense is going to be slightly better, and I think their defense is going to be slightly better, and they're going to win a real close one. They play, then they have Grambling State. Okay, obviously, win. then they go at Mississippi State. I think they'll win there. Then they play at home against Arkansas. Arkansas is going to be a pretty good team. I don't think they beat LSU. Uh, then they go to at Ole Miss. That's a game that could definitely, I definitely think, could be a slip up game. I don't know if I want to say will they're going to lose it. That's a real toss-up for me, but let's just say they win that one. Um, I think they probably do. I think then they beat Mizzou, beat Auburn, beat Alabama. I mean, not Al- or Army, excuse me. Then they play Alabama, who I do think they beat this year because I'm not – I mean, it's late in the season, so maybe Alabama will have their quarterback situation figured out, but I, I don't know. I mean, it is kind of scary that Tyler Buckner has not even been announced as starter yet. I mean, you'd assume he'd transfer in only to start, but – I don't know. I mean, you you might think that, but the fact that neither you know Jalen Milrow or you know um, Ty Simpson, neither of them hit the transfer portal. Okay, and so that means it's a real quarterback battle. Um, and the argument that you know some people have thrown out this saying they're saying if you have two starting quarterbacks you have zero. If you have two quarterbacks you have zero. Which I think, in most cases, is a terrible saying. <laughs> but when you have two quarterbacks who, and you haven't, like, you're far into the season and you don't know who the starter is, and you haven't chose who the starter is, then it could be bad. And, you know, because you need a leader, and the quarterback should be your leader. But, you know what? Is almost always is worse than two quarterbacks. Three having three quarterbacks start okay because at least in practice that quarterback one those snaps are usually split two ways. They are not split three ways. It is not you know doesn't go that way. It's not a menage a trois. You know it's not. <laughs> it doesn't split that way. It's that simple. Uh, I think Alabama needs to figure out who their quarterback is before I can have extreme confidence in them. If they beat LSU, no surprise here. I think it's a real good game. But don't let that, you know, don't let it catch catch you by surprise if LSU wins. And that's all I've got to say about that. But then they go Florida, Georgia State, Texas A&M. I think they should, I mean, if they go undefeated, okay, boom. And then I think... They'll go to the SEC championship game. I do think they'll lose to Georgia, but I think it'll be close. An 11-1 LSU team will make it in. I don't want to say that a 10-2 LSU team makes it in, but if you're the committee, and let's say your loss was at all Miss, and then they lose in the SEC championship game to Georgia. Because it would have to be against Ole Miss. If it came against Alabama, okay, throw it out there because they don't make the SEC championship game. But, and there's a big but, if they do lose to Ole Miss and then lose to Georgia, and both of those games are really close, and you have maybe one other team, they are they win their conference championship, 
and they're there, and then you have some upsets happening in the conference championships and stuff, and let's say a team, let's say Texas Tech or Kansas State in the Big 12 beats Texas, and then Texas has a loss to a, like I say, a three-loss Kansas State team that had no chance of making the college football playoffs, like Kansas State last season. I think that there is a real possibility that a two-loss LSU team, if they look really good, and you like you see the eye with your eyes and say that is one of the four best teams in college football, you know, and that's the pro- you know I think that's a possibility. And you look at say an Alabama of last year, who was a two-loss, and you have Nick Saban crying on national television. <laughs> one of the most embarrassing things from the goat, okay, Nick Saban, you know, going out there and crying and saying, hey. If you put Alabama in the college football playoffs, they're going to be favored over TCU. They're going to be favored over Ohio State. You know? Well, guess what? You were also favored over the teams you lost to. You were favored over LSU. You were favored over Tennessee. And you lost. What, boy? Sorry about that. But um, the problem is that... Alabama last year did not, frankly, pass the eye test. And you could say, well, they lost to Tennessee and they lost to LSU on the final plays, but they also had so many other games that they won on the final plays or near the end of the game. Yeah, just like at the end of that Alabama game, and that was that was crazy. Against Texas, yeah. Or no, which no, one? You're talking, about, you're talking about LSU, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah, a, yeah. You know, that's one that could go the other way, but look at Alabama versus Texas. You know, that's a game that could have gone the other way. Or Texas A&M, you know, that could have gone the other way. And, <laughs> but, sorry, but, so, the point is, if LSU looks really good, and I think they will, and I don't think there will be a situation where they're sitting at two losses, but if it's po- it's possible that they still make it in with two losses. Now, a lot of people wouldn't have a you know, problem with it, but then let's say LSU, you know, well, they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't put, they put them at the three seed to have, like to prevent them playing against Georgia. Then everyone's going to get upset about it. And then that LSU team would beat Michigan or whatever. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, and then no one's bringing up the fact that they made a mistake. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Um, I'm not sure about how I fool, you know, LSU, I think they're going to make it in, though. But, yeah. All right. That wasn't Our fourth and final team, Toby, who do you got? There's a lot of choices here. but You know, this was my hardest to pick because there's so many choices. And I think you're going to be shocked by this pick. Uh, well, I think, considering who you missed on one and two, that it should be, you know, some yeah. one of Georgia or Michigan. I can tell you this. It's right. not going to be. You know, who I'm going to pick is going to be a team with possibly the best conference this year. And it's not an SEC team. I am going with a team that will be in perhaps the best offensive conference in the last couple of years. I think I know who you guys And before you say that, it's not even a team with a top three offense 
in the conference. I'm going with the most well-rounded team in the conference that won the Pac-12 championship last year. What? I'm going with the Utah Utes. What? Now, I need you to hear me out. I need you to hear me out. I need you to hear me out, okay? Are you hungry right now? What the hell? This team is the most well-rounded team in the Pac-12. They've been battle-tested. They've shown that they will go for two at ends of games like the USC game. They've shown they can get it done in the championship, which, again, Caleb Williams got hurt. So you can't always know what's going to happen. But like I said last week, Cam Rising is disrespected. This offense is disrespected. This team always produces elite tight ends, and they have one this year. Unfortunately, I don't remember his name because his name's not Dalton Kincaid, who's going to be a beast this year on the Bills. And it's Brandon Kuthe. Brandon Kuthe on the Utah Utes. Way better than Brock Bowers will ever not. <laughs> no, but seriously though, people sleep on Utah. They always drop one game in the year, just like yes. a lot of Pac-12 teams. But I don't think this year's that year. I think they're going to run the table and win the Pac-12. And like, you know, just like my Penn State pick, just like my Texas pick, just like my LSU pick, a lot of these are not chalk. Now, LSU is probably the closest to making it chalk, but not to go undefeated. But, you know, I just love Utah on this force a lot. However, there were a lot of ways I could have gone with this. Obviously, the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Obviously, the Michigan Wolverines you could go with. I honestly think you could throw FSU in there. But I think with LSU going undefeated, that week one loss, which again, great loss. I just think it's going to be hard for FSU to not drop another game in the year. Uh, well, okay, I know what you're saying about Utah. Let's look at their schedule. Okay, They start against Florida to open up week one. Win. At Baylor, I think that'll be an extremely interesting game. I think it'll be very close. I think it's going to be a one-score game. I think Baylor's going to have a good year. I think Utah probably wins it, though. Then they go against Weber State. And then they start the conference play. They have UCLA. Win. They have... At Oregon State. Win. At. Okay, I don't know if it is. I don't know. Then they go against Cal. Okay, that's a win. At USC. Okay, here's the thing. I think that's a loss. That's going to be a great game. But Utah actually has a defense. We don't know if USC is going to have a defense this year. And, I mean, once Caleb Williams went down, which again, their whole team is Caleb Williams. Utah has a good, has a solid defense. I don't think... It's enough of a defense to stop. That is false. I don't look at the score. Look at the score in those last two. You games. know what? No, 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 no. I'm interested. I'm interested because you're going through the schedule. All right. From what I can hear, you don't think Utah's going to be four, which is fair. Which no. is fair. And then you go to this. Then they play after USC. Then they play the back home against Oregon with Bo Nix. Then they go. Then they have Arizona State. I think they'll win. Then they go to at Washington, which is a tough game. And then they have, then they go to uh, at Arizona. Okay, at Washington to at Arizona. That's what, you know, that's not a. Arizona's awful. They're not awful. Arizona's awful. Bro, what? I don't think they're Arizona is awful. They're they're not going to be amazing or anything, but Jaden Deloria is a good quarterback. Jacob Cohen is a good receiver. Not to mention, they did get Justin Flood, okay? They did get Justin Flood, the linebacker out of Oregon, which who he which he hasn't fully been as good as we thought he was going to be at Oregon, but he's still a good player. Um, 
and they finish Colorado. Okay, that's going to be a win. I just don't think... I think it's going to be hard for a Utah to be sitting there at 11-1. and one. I don't think that's possible. I think they're going to be have at, I think they're going to have two losses. I think they are, and I, I they very well could, but I don't think they will. Okay, okay. That's but you point. know what? You know you're pretty confident in Utah not making that. So for that same reason, I feel like you'll be confident in who you have at the four slot. Who who is that team? Okay, I'm not. I'm not actually that confident. There's a lot of ways this could go. Okay, I think Ohio State is an interesting choice. I think they are, you know, and I don't think they're going to make it, though. They're an interesting choice. Alabama's always a choice. Texas is interesting, but I think, I mean, this is tough. Uh, This is tough. I think I have to go with the USC Trojan. I think USC is the team that comes out of the Pac-12. I think it's going to be real tough. Okay, it is going to be an absolute blood battle out of the Pac-12. The Pac-12 and the Big 12 are going to be absolutely, like, I mean, Seriously, it's going to be yeah, gladiator, yeah. okay, style where, I mean, whoever's walking out of there is going to be covered in blood, <laughs> you know, bones, guts and bones. They're they're going to be scarred up. I mean, and it is very possible that a USC is one of the four best teams, but then, you know, who knows? A lot of stuff can happen. A lot of stuff can happen. I think it is going to be an absolute war zone out there, you know, but... Florida State and Clemson do not inspire nearly enough confidence in me to say that they make the college football playoffs because I don't think Florida State beats LSU. And frankly, here's a game that it's a sleeper. Clemson starting the season against Duke. You know, say what you want to say about Duke, but I think that is a real sleeper game that I think if Clemson is not ready, that they could lose. Um, but I, I don't. I, I just don't think either of those teams are sitting there with only one loss and look nearly as good, you know, on paper and with the eye test as USC. And I think it ends up being USC. Because also, I think Ohio State. I think Ohio State probably loses to Penn State. And I think they probably lose to Michigan. Well, maybe the probably to Penn State. But I think it's possible. You know, it's real tough at that four spot. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna be Utah. Okay, Utah's gonna be a good team. I don't think it's gonna be them. But I think if I had to go with any team, it would be the USC Trojans. Now we look at their schedule. They play San Jose State to start win. Week Nevada zero game. Nevada, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to be watching that game. So very early on, we'll know if how good. Well, I, I mean, if they win by thirty-eight points, you know, we'll know nothing. No. Absolutely nothing. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, well, we'll know they can score on offense, but we already knew that. But they start it again, then they go against Nevada, then they go against Stanford. Those are all wins. Then they go at Arizona State. Those are four which, easy games to start. Which, granted, it should be noted that. It's Stanford by week, Arizona State win. Then at Colorado win. 
then they have their uh, I believe they have or then they go against Arizona win win and it's played at home so then they have Notre Dame well I think Notre Dame will that be that is going to be a great it's going to be a great game. game and it's at Notre Dame I just don't think Notre Dame's offense is going to be able to keep up I think Sam Hartman is going to be really good he's going to try his hardest I just don't know if Notre Dame has the offensive pieces to do it, but I think that's a win. Then they play Utah at home this year. Loss. I don't think that's a loss. I don't think it's a loss. Loss. I know it's not a loss. But <laughs> Caleb Williams has something to prove. You know he's going to go out there and beat Utah in my opinion. Then they go at Cal. I think they win that. Now here is where, for me. The questions arise where I think that they're going to, if they can walk out of this one and one, I think they're good. They play Washington at home and then at Oregon. That's going to be really tough. Don't let anyone tell you that it's not because it is. I don't think they walk out of that undefeated. If I'm being honest, I think. Oregon is who they lose to. If I had to circle one, I circle Oregon because it's the second game and it's at Oregon. But I mean, I think you know, boom. If if they manage to walk out of that undefeated two and zero, and then they go against UCLA, who's going to be good, and then they win the Pac-12 championship, which I think they will. There I said USC could overtake Michigan. I mean, I don't know. Overtake Michigan as the two. But I don't think after this that they win. I think they're going to win. They're going to lose one, and then they're going to win the Pac-12 championship game. Now, USC has a lot of real questions, especially on their defensive end. But I think their offense will be good enough to make it there. And then they go up against Georgia, and then they get steamrolled like Lincoln Riley <laughs> is used to. Okay, you know, I like I like the take because again, that four spot, a lot of these spots can really go either way. Yeah, like obviously we have different lists. Yours is way more chalk than mine. I'm just going, you know, off of belief and potential I see this year. But I think it's perfect that you ended with USC because I think that's the perfect segue into our top Heisman candidate finalist. And if we don't have the number same number one, I'd be shocked. I'm assuming we both have Caleb we Williams at we one. Did. Okay. So, honestly, we talked about him a lot last podcast. You know, as much as there is to say about him, I don't think we should spend that much time on him this week just because we know everything there is to Yeah, he's, he's the best player in college football. He's the best quarterback. Yeah, he's the best quarterback at college, in college football right now. I don't know if overall he's the best player. There are some players like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers who I think are Brock, both. bro, do not even are, right now. I think they are better than him. And I think, honestly, if I had to make a list, I think Harold Perkins overall is probably better. But it's not. It's very close. I just think, I mean, we know what the, what the Heisman Trophy is. It's a quarterback is, trophy. Yeah, outside of the COVID year, which doesn't really tell us much of anything, which when Devontae Smith won it, but I I find it hard for someone like a Marvin Harrison Jr., like a Brock Bowers, or say a Blake Corum out at Michigan 
for one of them to walk away with the truth. If they do, and they're the most deserving, then that's amazing. But I'm not sure. The only thing with Caleb Williams is sometimes the voters will look at a guy who had a really who won the Heisman, and then they come back for another year, and they had a better season than the year before, but they won't give that person the award. Because they've already won. Yeah, they don't. For some reason, repeat Heisman's are just not like yeah, outside by of, yeah, the outside. committee or by the fans. It's really weird. I know, but but he is the he is currently the favorite to win. As he should, as yeah. he should. Now I think his wide receiving core is going to be. It's still going to be good. It's obviously, losing Jordan Addison, it's not going to be as good. Oh yeah, I mean, there's but the wide receiving core is insane again this year. Which again, Z- uh, what's his name, Zachary Branch, the true freshman. He is going to make an impact. Oh, 100%. day one. I mean, he has next level speed. Okay, he's in that like fastest players in college football list. Oh, yeah. Like I would say, like Arian Smith out of Georgia is real fast. Um, and that's not not just not be being a Georgia fan. I mean, he just is fast. Like, yeah. I think. I mean, he plays Kool Aid McKinstry. He's got okay. That's someone. That I did not put on my list, but if all of you remember Jabril Peppers, Kool-Aid McKinstry in the punt return game two, he gets six or seven interceptions with four or five punt return TDs, which again, will be very hard to do. It's not going to happen, but... Uh, hey, know. hey, don't, bro. Kool-Aid McKinstry is an elite punt return. Yeah, I, could, I could see him doing it. I mean, Dante Pettis did it, and Kool-Aid McKinstry is a much better player than Dante Pettis. All right, uh, we're going to go to our number two and tell you who you have as your number two. Well, number four was the one I struggled picking. I'm just going to say my two and three because it was hard to place them. My two and three were Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. I really don't know who I want to put it to. I'm going to put Marvin Harrison Jr. at two because it's a quarterback trophy. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a lot better in his position, which is saying a lot because Drake May is insane. Yeah. But I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is generational. I am very skeptical on his quarterback play. Also, for those listening right now, if you look at trophy odds, most places got Drake May at about a plus um, fifteen hundred. Also, Caleb Williams is about plus five hundred. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is at a plus three thousand. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I'm not shocked the odds are higher because again, he's not a quarterback. But I mean, he might be the best wide receiver prospect since Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And, yeah, but I just, you know, I think Marvin Harrison's going to have a great year. And as says it is to say, it might be quarterback dependent. But Ohio State's shown they put out good quarterbacks and even better wide receivers. So I think he's going to have a great year. Michael, I'm, I'm interested to see who you have at your two spot. Uh, so at two, I got a guy. He's been rising in odds because people agree with what I was saying last week about him. Some people think I'm crazy. No, for are you about to say who I think you're about yeah, to say? Michael Penix Jr. Oh yeah. my gosh! I don't think he's gonna win the award, but I think Washington will be really good, and he's going to have the stats. He's going to have the numbers. He should have been up there last year. Okay, he should have been up. And you know, I love Stetson the death. I don't think Stetson should have been up there, and I don't think Max Duggan should have been up there. I thought it should have been Kayla Williams. Uh, you know, it should have been C.J. Stroud. It should have been 
Michael Penix Jr. and it should have been Hendon Hooker. I thought that was should have been the four. If I not Hendon Hooker, then it should have been Drake May. I thought Drake May had a better year than Hendon Hooker, but you look at like that UNC's team, like they weren't like their team wasn't particularly good, and they were like, oh well, maybe who knows? And then they started dropping some games at the end of the season, which was super weird. But the point is, I think Washington will have the record, and Michael Penix will put up the stats. Okay. Um, now maybe you know I don't want to say I, I don't think last year was a fluke. I mean, I, there was nothing that should suggest that. Kalen DeBoer is a really good coach at Washington in a Washington team. I, I think they're pretty special. I think Michael Penix has the talent. I think in the receiving room out there, and I think they're going to be a good enough team that they have to put them in. Due to the stats, I, Michael Penix Jr. His stats are there. He's extremely talented. I don't know what there isn't the love there. You know, he's got a good arm. He's a really good athlete. And for the amount of throws that he was throwing, he had a quite low. Uh, That's turnover. true. He did have he did have the low interception rate. Uh, so yeah, I'll, you know, what? I'll say my number three now. Uh, this is where uh, there's a lot of places I could go. Um. There's a lot of names that I thought for this, you know, spot, uh, which I might talk about. We might talk about just a little bit as some honorable mentions, names to throw out there. But I, at number three, am going... There's a lot of plays there. You know what? I'll say it. He's not going to win it, okay? But I think he's going to put up the stats. I think that Brock Bauer sneaks in into the top three. Now you can say whatever about me. Ladies and gentlemen, I am now exiting the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think you look at the stats. I mean, he does so much for that Georgia offense. I think he's going to have a really good year. He's going to put up, you know, a lot of stats and he's going to have, you know, a lot of touchdowns and stuff like that. Now the thing I don't think he's gonna win it due to the fact that that Georgia offense does kind of share the rock a little bit, but Brock Bowers is a guy last year under Stetson Bennett, who, you know, everyone talks about how he's been playing college football for a million years, okay? He was there before they invented the forward pass, okay? But um, when the Georgia offense started to get stagnant and started to slow down, what would usually end up would happen is that Brock Bowers would get a touch, whether it be a throw, whether they run up a, a you know, whether they throw into him through a screen or throw some slants or something, whatever, or half the time they, or a few times they would do like an end around, you know, where they just hand it off the ball to him and make him, you know, make him make a play because he can do it, you know, and I think with a new, you know, with Mike Bobo coming in, he's a different guy. The offense is going to be the same if it's not. Then I'm gonna come on here and complain, uh, so y'all y'all will hear it. <laughs> but with a new quarterback and Carson Beck, who's most likely gonna be the guy, uh, I think that that Georgia offense, when they slow down, are going to give the touches to Brock Vandergriff, and he's going to put up the stats. Who? 
Not Brock fan, I'm not that much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? Throw some. I'm sorry. They got the same names. They both like people, okay? But, uh, Brock, Brock Vandergriff has a better chance of winning the Heisman than Brock Bowers. He actually does. If you look at the odds, he does have high. That being said, that's not saying too much. Um, I mean, Brock Vandergriff, up until like a few months ago, had or like a month or two ago, had. Who even is Brock Vandergriff? He was a five star. He was a five star quarterback. On who? For Georgia. He's Georgia's backup. That's insane. Uh, I he, wish I didn't know that. He had better odds to like to win uh, the Heisman than any quarterback on Alabama's roster. Now I want that is not saying much though. It's not. No, I'm actually I'm very glad that you had. He doesn't anymore. But the point is now Carson Beck is sitting at some really bad you know. Uh, Brock Bowers is sitting at some really low. It's probably like what plus fifteen thousand. It is plus uh, twelve thousand. Oh my gosh! No, actually. But I don't think he's sitting there in between, uh, right near uh, Taulua Tagalavoa, uh, and around Emeka Agbuka, the other right receiver at Ohio State. Why does he even have Heisman odds? Forever, no, I know, but Marvin Harrison is going to make Emeka Ikbuka look like Jalen Rager, who is awful. About? What are you talking about? What are you? Oh, <laughs> no, you just got me flustered because no, okay. yeah, Brock Bowers is not a Heisman finalist. That's almost. Actually, that's not even anywhere close to as bad as Stetson Bennett being was. No. That was a Brock Bowers. Okay, okay look at it. Okay, first off, uh, Emeka Ibuka was a 1,000-yard receiver last year. Okay, it should be noted. So he's not going to be terrible. And Brock Bowers is going to have some really good stats. And, I mean, it's that simple, okay? I don't think he's winning it, okay? I don't think he's winning it. I think he will... Make it interesting, though. Like it'll be like, oh, look how good he won, and and everyone's gonna say, wow, if this wasn't a quarterback award, he would have won it, man. He would have won it. You well, know what? I'm glad that you have Brock Bowers at three because it's the perfect segue for me. And after looking at who it is, um, my third Heisman finalist is Toby Giuliano because oh. apparently. Anyone can be nominated okay. for this award. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> no, um. <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? No, um, for real. My third Heisman finalist, who actually has a chance at winning it. I thought you said it was going to be Drake May. What? Wasn't Drake May? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was gonna just, you know, say a little bit of stuff about him, but sure. No, do you, no, do you, no, do you want to talk about him? Do you want to talk about Drake? But you talk about my third, Michael. No, talk about, Drake. talk about Drake May for a second. Take my spot. When, when did I interrupt you? You talk about him. Okay, no, you first talk. Off, okay, no, but you, you already said that was gonna be Drake May. I was just making sure. But no, but like Drake May is obviously really talented quarterback, but uh, you know, it's the question on if the record will be there. Uh. But yeah, okay. Now you, I'll let you talk about Drake May. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no, um, Drake May had a great year last year. He's gonna have a great year this year. Had some really bad losses at the end of the season. I was not prepared for. You know, his wide receiving core is obviously gonna take a hit, losing Josh Downs. But I think he's gonna use his legs a lot more this year. His defense can't be worse than it was last year. That's the truth. And I think. 
in an ACC that's great. It's probably one of the better years of the ACC, and it's still a weaker conference just because of how top-heavy it is. I think I could see him throwing for 4,000 yards. I could see him do it. I could see him running he did, for. He did it last year too. I could see him running for fifteen plus touchdowns while doing it. Did, that's fair. That's fair. I, I don't deny that the stats will be there. I think he gets there. Uh, all right. What's your number four? What's your number four? You know, my number four is a player that I would almost bet on to do this, which I don't think there's a prop for this. And you probably think it's crazy that I think it's going to happen, but he was very very close to it last year, and I think it will happen. I think this player is going to pass for 20-plus touchdowns and rush for 20-plus touchdowns. Okay. And that player, who will finally get his Heisman props in his 27th year of college football, is Bo Nix. The human form of nepotism. (laughs) 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 No, I just... I mean... He's he's in a great system, you know. the The OC builds the offense around him as you should a quarterback, but they really build it to his strengths. He can really, I mean, he's he's been able to do whatever he's wanted to do on the football field ever since he got into college. Yeah. He's, he's a great quarterback. He can really use his legs. There's no defense played in the Pac-12, so statistically, even though their team might not win, they might drop two games. I could see him dropping two games. He's gonna have an insane year. I mean, I could see him throwing for four plus touchdowns each game of the year unless he gets pulled because they're blowing out a team too bad early in the year. Um, I just think this year he gets the props now again. I don't think he's going to win it. I think if Caleb Williams stay healthy, there's really no way he doesn't. But, you know, I think I think Oregon can have a good year this year. I mean, they did last year. Like I said, the Pac-12 was a toss-up. Anyone could come out of there unscathed, and anyone could come out of there with three losses and still be a great team. So I think Bo Nix is going to have an exciting year. You know, to round off my top four, Michael, who do you have at your fourth slot? Uh, this, this, there's a lot of people that I thought of. Bo Nix was definitely one of them. Drake May was one of them. Jordan Travis out of Florida State is a possibility. But it really can't. As well as Joe Milton out of Tennessee. I thought, oh, my God, bro. What? The Joe Milton hype is out of control. Heisman, you thought about him for a Heisman finalist? Yeah, he'll have the stats, and uh, the committee will pr- was probably going to say, "Oh, we're so sorry for forgetting Hendon Hooker last year. Let's let it, let me make it <laughs> that up." That is to true. You. That was pretty but bad. I think with the some of the violations, some of them. Yeah, but so it came down to two people. It came down to two people. Again, they're both quarterbacks. It's really close. And I could switch these two any given day. I think one of the guys is going to be he's gonna be one of the quarterbacks for my college football playoff teams. And the other one is a team that's going to be competing there for the Big Ten. It's tough. It's tough. I I might end up changing my opinion. I'm, this is going to flip-flop so many different times. And who knows? We might even talk about this before, you know, the season starts again. And it'll look different. But I have to go with, well, he's really interesting, you know. His, his two names. I'm going to have to go with for my four spot. And I'll mention this other name. It's Drew Aller, the quarterback at Penn State. Wow. 
I think it came down to Aller and Jaden Daniels. Um, I think they're both going to put up the stats. They are. And they're both going to have good years. The only thing for me, for Jaden Daniels, is he doesn't throw the ball. He throws it a lot, but and he's also the leading rusher. I just don't know if he's going to have enough touchdowns throwing. He's going to have a lot, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to win it. And if he does, okay, boom. I think Drew Aller's going to do it. There's almost always either like a redshirt freshman or a sophomore in that list, in that top four. You look back at it, there's almost always some guy like that. They don't always win. Well, actually, the last two years, it's been a sophomore who win, wins it in uh, Caleb Williams and um, Bryce Young. Well, Bryce Young was a redshirt freshman. But, but the point is, I think Drew Aller ends up being that. I don't think he wins it, but I think Penn State, I think they beat Ohio State. I think they lose to Michigan. I think they're sitting there. Maybe they're 10-2, 11-1. I don't know. But I think they're going to be a New Year's Six team. I think... Drew Aller is going to put up the stats. Their offensive line at Penn State is really good. There's been questions for me about their wide receiver room, which is fair in the past. But I think this year they have enough guys uh, out there to make a difference. Uh, obviously, they have that running back room that Nick I Singleton. think. Yeah, Nick Singleton, Terry Potts, who are both you know really good players. I forgot what his name was. The wide receiver. Where did he transfer? I think it was Kent State. Which so I know a good deal. I about. know who you're talking about. I yeah, don't Dante Cephas. Yes, that's his name. Dante Cephas was one of the best receivers in this year's transfer portal. They end up getting him, which I think is going to make a big impact. I think that Drew Aller, he's got an absolute cannon of an arm, and I think he'll put up the rush accepts. I don't think he's going to win it, but I think it's going to be really interesting. He's sitting at plus 2,500. So that's, you know, it's not an extremely hot take, but it's, I mean, if it happened, it'd be a good deal of a surprise. I think Drew Aller puts up the stats, and Penn State is good enough that they say boom. Now, I, again, I don't know. I haven't, we haven't seen Drew Aller start games, so it's a big question mark. But, boom. I, that's what my guy. No, I like that. I mean, also, obviously. can't sleep on Carson Beck. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's, that's you know, he might have a better shot than Brock Bowers. We'll go with that. That's how that delusional yeah, it is. Plus 2,000. Who? Uh, Carson Beck. That's insane. That's just because he's on Georgia. But, you know. Yeah, he's the eighth best odds. That's disgusting. Yeah, okay, that's wait. disgusting. What do you, what, that's not really. I mean, it makes sense. You, you know, I hope some of you out there are not Georgia fans. I just hope you don't mind listening to a little bit about Georgia because they're going to take up a good amount of our episodes because Michael is biased and delusional. And I can honestly, I've seen Michael, I've seen Michael sweat out some Georgia games in the past. Yeah. And I cannot wait for the first podcast this year after they lose a game. I I cannot, you know, on Undisputed, you know, dare I say the name Skip Bayless, him and Shannon Sharp used to bet cases in Mountain Dew. All right? Michael, I say we pick 
one game a week this year. Okay. And we bet a case of Dr. Pepper because it's the better soda original. It is. You know? And, (laughs) you know, I just... I'm happy with how this episode was. You know, you had some brutally hot takes. I came with the heat once again. You know what I'm saying? I think... I think my college football playoff takes were, I mean, obviously they're not chalk. It's just they're predictions. They're borderline insane. Whereas your Heisman candidates are even worse. No. I mean, they no, are no, no, god-awful. No, they are god-awful. You didn't have the two best teams in the nation making the college football play. Nonetheless. That's like never happened before. Nonetheless, it's always a pleasure talking with my guy. Yeah. You know. Same hot, t- hot, t- hot, hot takes were said today by both play by both. <laughs> God, too much. No, I both by both people, and you know. It feels for, like I played a full fourth quarter. I just played. I just played. Through, oh my gosh! No, but for people that are looking forward to the episode next week, me and Michael were talking, and it's going to be time for a brand new segment next week. Our first ever team of the week, and. Me and Michael were discussing some teams, and the team we're thinking about settling on, which again, this isn't official, but I think a team that could make a jump from last year, which is not going to be that hard to do, which is very interesting, especially with the coaching signing, used to be the powerhouse of college football back in the day. I think our team of the week is going to be the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I think that team, there's so much to talk about. I mean, there's so much. And then, you know, the other topics are going to be a secret. Michael, do you have any final words? Uh, no, I want to thank you all for listening to the last episode and to this episode. Uh, all the Spotify listeners, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, YouTube, uh, it should be up soon for both last episode and this episode. Uh, Apple Music, you know, it takes time. Apple Music has such a weird thing where they... Like, would they have to manually review it? I don't know. What, what, it is what it is. We can't control it. When you're listening to this on Apple Music, I, pre- I want to thank y'all for listening. Uh, I think we got something special here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on the socials. Yeah, Michael. I'm um, oh, sorry. I didn't know if you want to shout uh, out your own social. No, I mean, well, yeah, shout out, like, follow our socials. Um, at mine's at michael.goat on Instagram and at whatispie on Twitter. Uh, also, our Instagram and Twitter, we haven't been posting nearly as much, but our TikTok has been stay has been staying active, okay? There's been a, quite a few posts, uh, so make sure y'all go check those out. Uh, we should be making some TikToks about, you know, with the podcast, you know, stuff. Yeah, we're going to have some, some debate videos, you know. Me and Michael got a lot planned, especially once we're in season. We were honestly talking a little bit about, you know, last year when we watched some of the big games, which, you know, might be fun to interact with some of y'all in the chat. But like Michael was saying. And before I get off that, we might, we just might have to go to a few live games together, okay? Not, not only that, which is very exciting, but me and Michael were talking, and obviously we'd have to get some interest from it. But. And this is this, this is very early to be saying this, but I know we were already talking about making some for ourselves. There might be college football degenerate merch, and I'm talking about hoodies and tees. So all I'm saying is the flag, that, bro. 
No, but honestly, though, seriously, we really appreciate all the listeners. We've been wanting to do this you for... We're recording our second episode. We're already talking about... <laughs> no, but, you know, seriously, it's just been a dream of ours to do the last couple of years. And, you know, the only way to get places in the world and on podcast is, you know, obviously listeners. But even more than that, it's the people you know. And I've been on my friend's podcast... My friend Noah Willard's podcast, and you know, whenever I'm on, whenever I'm on there, he, he he'll give me a chance to shout it out. And unfortunately for himself, he's not a big college football guy. But I told him Sad. I'd do this. And for all of you NBA fans out there, I would like to shout out the Run Up the Score podcast on all platforms. Great quality content on there. And um, yeah, but again, like me and Michael both said multiple times, we appreciate each and every one of you. And we're going to keep bringing the heat. We're going to drop merch eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's some big things to come. Yeah. Uh, so thank you all for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow uh, us on wherever, you know, on all our socials. And as well as on Spotify, make sure you rate us, you know. Uh, and, yeah, so that's the episode. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>